When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. In this episode, we discuss the funniest movies of the 21st century. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. Anthony here and James here. Today's going to be a fun one. We're going to talk about the funniest movies of the 21st century, and we made a huge list, and we're going to break them down into specific categories, and it should be a lot of fun. You know, we love comedy films, even though we haven't really talked about too many of them on the show, Mm -hmm. but we've been huge comedy fans for a long time, and some of our favorite movies are comedies, so this should be a lot of fun. Really excited about this one. Real quick, who's your favorite comedic actor? Of all time? Yeah. Probably Jim Carrey. Great pick. Yeah. I go with Will Ferrell. Yeah, he's he's up there too. I think Will Ferrell is just like the funniest guy to ever live. Well, he's I think hilarious. Will Ferrell dominated the two, 2000s, especially like 2000, 2010 was his decade. And then yeah. Jim Carrey was like the 90s was the biggest star on the planet, let mm-hmm. alone the biggest comedic actor. But then like Robin Williams is great as well. Bill Murray for sure. But there's so many great comedians. I mean, Eddie Murphy was huge in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Mike Myers was huge. So, so many great to choose from. But I think for me, it's Jim. That's a great pick. What's your favorite comedy movie? What's number one? Oh, man. I I was not expecting that. Threw a curveball at you. It's tough to choose, man, of all time or 21st century. What's yours yours of all time? All time. It might. It's it's really hard to choose. Maybe Ace Ventura. Maybe Anchorman. (laughs) Um, Man, Pineapple Express. I adore that movie. It's it's really hard to pick. You got to pick one. Maybe Ace Ventura, nice the pick. original, the nice original, pick. the open, just the opening the scene opening, of that yeah. when he's delivering the UPS package. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I would, I think, um, I would pick. I think Anchorman might be my favorite comedy. It's I great. think it's it's such a brilliant comedy. There's nothing like it, and they, it's nothing was ever. People try to emulate it, and they never could. It's, it's amazing. Everyone listening, just send us a DM or a YouTube comment of what your favorite comedy is all time, and yeah. we'll respond to you for sure. We're and, curious to see yeah. your responses. And this list is post is 2000 and post-2000. Because so, so, we, we were making the list, and we were like, there's way too, there's so many comedy movies that are great. So we had to narrow it down. Then we were like, let's just do 21st century, and then we can do before that another time. And also, when we were making the 21st century list, we kept our list was gigantic, and we were like, we don't want to erase any of these. I know. How do you pick? How like, do you, just 20 of yeah, them? Yeah. So now we because it's so subjective. Yeah, exactly. So we made a huge list, and we're broken them down into sections uh, to organize them into kind of genres or how we think we could they, certain movies fit together in a category. So we hope you enjoy this list. It's not in order, but we think we have a, a really solid list for you. Before we get into the episode, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost podcast is use our coupon codes as well as becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of Lost podcast. You'll get awesome perks like our podcast schedules, personalized videos, Patreon shoutouts, weekly bonus episodes, and monthly Zoom calls. Plus, Godfather tiers get their own custom episode that they choose. We also launched our podcast masterclass online course last year for anyone who wants to start a podcast or improve their current podcast, our 22 chapter 
46 video lesson course to give you all the secrets behind the scenes of our show. The link is podcastmasterclass.teachable.com or just go to our website, raidersofthelostpodcast.com. It's right there on the homepage as well as all of our content merch. Thanks so much for tuning in around the world. Be sure to follow, subscribe wherever you're listening. Now let's get into the funniest movies of the 21st century. And the first section we're going to do is legendary comedy. Now, this is just God-tier level comedy. God-tier. These, these are like <laughs> elite. In 60 years, people will be like, yeah, I remember this movie. That was an iconic one. And so some of these movies have some of the same actors because I think that, you know, these actors and these writers and these filmmakers, they were peak comedy for film for over a decade. So the first one on this list is Step Brothers, the iconic duo, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. I think this is one of the funniest movies ever made. It still, to this day, holds up. Yeah, I've, I've watched it like 10 times. Yeah. And it's still funny every time. And especially if you have siblings, it just gets funnier each time you watch it. And mm-hmm. it's it's so quotable. And re- everyone references parts of this movie, like the, the Room for Activities yeah. quote and yeah. stuff like it's, that. It might be the most Bunk referenced beds. movie. Yeah. It's, it's a classic. Pan, yeah. Pam. I, I mean, you can talk about this movie all goddamn day. <laughs> it's so fun to watch. And then we have The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Judd Apatow's debut, and Steve Carell's big breakout in film. I think this is hysterical. Also, it's just a great story, a great character piece, you could say. It's probably the best character piece out of all of this entire list. Um, the character, the, the film bro, and Anthony yeah. just called the forty-year-old virgin a character. It piece. is, I love it. it is, and <laughs> it's it's really relatable, really funny. You see a lot of these actors uh, in their early role. It's terrific. Yeah, I mean, Steve Carell is a legend. He's one of the funniest people of the 21st century as well. And Paul Rudd. Andy is so great as yeah. a character. It's ridiculously funny. The the Apatow crew when they're still mm-hmm. young, still iconic. And then obviously this influenced The Office and Michael Scott and the new direction they were taking with the character after season one wasn't going so well. Uh, love 40-Year-Old Virgin. We all know Anthony's on his way to being there at some point. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Borat, the original from Sasha Baron Cohen. And like... When when he had his TV show on HBO, the Ali G in the house, he did Ali G show. So it was yeah. Ali G, Borat, and then Bruno were the three characters he did. Each one equally as funny, but Borat was the second one that got a movie because he did Ali G in the house in like 2002. But Borat just like took the nation by storm. It was so funny, so satirical, and it, it's just a ridiculous comedy. It was genius because he's just in real life situations, and he's such a great performer to just be in character in these environments and around real people. The improvisation. It, yeah, is insane. it's all improv, and it's amazing what he did. He's such a talented comedian. And Sasha just like Baron going Cohen. into environments with real people in yeah. their homes and stuff like yeah. that, it's crazy. And this was such a word of mouth sensation. Everybody saw it. It was a huge hit. Next up, we have Meet the Parents. It's an iconic Ben Stiller movie with De Niro, and it's such a great setup. And it what works is, is the characters are so funny together, pitting the CIA dad with the uh, the male nurse uh, son-in-law. <laughs> and, it's just terrific dynamics, great screenplay. Uh, he uh, Ben Stiller's character just keeps ruining thing after thing after thing. It's just he get, it gets worse. It snowballs, and it's an out of control movie. It's so much fun. And there's so many movies of like meeting the family, meeting yeah. your future significant other's family, but this one just like takes the cake. It's like the pinnacle of those. Mm-hmm. And then we have Old School, which was the start of Will Ferrell's 
comedic stardom in film. He's coming like right off SNL. I think he might have still been on that one more season of SNL. And then he did Old School, where he's not the lead character, but he's the funniest part of the movie. And this just created his new film persona of being the most ridiculous comedic actor alive. We're going streaking! Through the quad, into the gymnasium! gymnasium. (laughs) Ridiculous premise of a movie. We were quoting this in middle school. If you think about it, like, objectively, it's a very creepy movie where these dudes, like, move into a college neighborhood and start throwing college parties. They're, like, 40 years old. I I know the, the people at the parties are all adults, but it's really, really weird. And then we have Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy. Not only was this a superstar-making role for Will Ferrell, but it might be the, the best movie of all time when it, tum- when it comes to cameos. There are so many great cameos in this movie, especially the the news anchor fight. We have so many great comedians and actors in that as well. But, I mean, just the concept of Anchorman, the opening credit sequence just you, it gets you into the mood of like you're about to watch one of yeah. the funniest movies of your life. Ron Burgundy is one of the most ridiculous characters of all time, and we were like entering a new like world of comedy, and Will Ferrell was definitely leading it. Yeah, and Ron Burgundy might be like the crown jewel of comedy characters. He's just so ridiculous and unrealistic, but so much fun to watch. And the improvisation. This is Will Ferrell just doing what he does best. I think he's the he might be the best improvisational comedic actor of all time. You know I don't speak Spanish. Baxter, you <laughs> ate a whole wheel of cheese? I remember in school, everybody was saying, and it's not just a couple of quotes. Like, there are so many quotes in this movie that everybody would say constantly. Because it came out when we were in high school, yeah, 2004. Yeah. And then um, it was still popular when I went to college. Yeah. People, people were, were still, still talking about it. It. Yeah. it was that popular. It had a high rewatchability. That's it's, why. It might be the most rewatchable movie of all time. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculously funny. Yeah. And the most quotable movie on this list, possibly. I think so. Next up, we have Zoolander, another Ben Stiller film. I think that this movie is just genius the way it spoofs the film industry and, and models. Not just be, not just saying models are all dumb, people who look beautiful, but also spoofing like the the, the nature of the film industry. And you know, he Ben Stiller crafted this hilarious, goofy, silly story while also making a great comment about you know factory work across the world it's very subtle people don't really connect it but that's what this film is making fun of and potent it has a lot to say while it's making you laugh constantly and ben stiller as zoolander again iconic comedic character i think they're breakdance fighting <laughs> who am i i don't know great cameos as well we have david bowie in this and and like natalie portman it's mm-hmm. ridiculous so funny an absurd character and, you know, Ben Stiller is one of the best of all time in the comedy world. And he's just, he's an icon. Zoolander yeah. is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Or you didn't think I knew what a go- you googly, googly, googly was. was. <laughs> <laughs> I heard not too many people read your Time magazine. <laughs> <laughs> you have 3,000 messages. That is a bit above average. Uh, next up, we have This Is The End, which is a more recent film on this li- in this section this is the end is just, I think, kind of genius and hysterical where all these actors are playing comedic or, or satirical parodied versions of themselves and having fun with it. And it's also throwing in post-apocalyptic end of the world yeah. scenarios. And it's just ridiculous. It's so funny. Everyone in this movie is hysterical. And I, I love watching this one. Not everyone loves this. If you To enjoy this at the end, you have to love the guys. Yeah, I guess. So to, to, if, if you're fans of theirs in the Judd Apatow movies, then this is a perfect movie for you. Because maybe some people don't get yeah. some of the jokes. I've definitely known people who they aren't big fans of this and they didn't really understand it. I guess that's right. Because if you know the characters and the actors so well, you know, they're playing hilarious versions of themselves like Jonah Hill 
Hill, because yeah. he had just gotten an Oscar nomination for Moneyball, he's like now a super pretentious, thinks yeah. he's an important actor. He's like, fake nice Jonah guy. Hill, J-Bones, America's Sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> They'll save actors, Clooney, me, if there's time, some of you. <laughs> but also he wants to kill like Jay Baruchel. Please, God, please kill Jay Baruchel. Well, wh- why did you make him? Like, what, what's hap- what happened that day? <laughs> I think he's the worst person you've ever made. <laughs> it's hysterical. Franco, Craig Robinson, yeah. Seth Rogen, everyone's so good in this movie. Love it. Next up, we have The Hangover, which catapulted actors like Bradley Cooper and Zach Galifianakis into stardom. This is a... like what about a, Ed Helms? And Ed Helms, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't say he's a superstar. He's, he's, he's a comedic star. He's a comedic star, you're right. I, I was... Ed, I'm sorry. <laughs> just Nard Dog, I'm sorry. He just canceled his Patreon. <laughs> but this is just a genius setup for a movie. I think it, it might be like the most genius concept of this entire list. Just three guys wake up in Vegas. There's a tiger in the room. There's a baby. Mike Tyson. Like, what the hell? This and the is crazy. Is missing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's incredible. And the trailer for this, it's one of the funniest, it's most one of the best trailers enticing ever. trailers I've yeah. ever seen in my life. It's still so, if you rewatch, it's like, wow, I'm definitely going to see that movie. Yeah. It was a great trailer and it was a huge success. And then these three dudes got enormous off of this. Yeah, they and they made 20 mil for the third one each. Yeah, and then Bradley Cooper is an Oscar winner now. Yeah. It's crazy. So the hangover, legendary. Now that ends our legendary comedy category. And again, this is subjective. This is just our list. And so, modern comedy, yeah, remember. 21st century. Yeah. Now next up, we're going to do a section on superhero comedy. Because as we know, comedy's changed so much and evolved that like a lot of the Marvel movies are the funniest movies coming out every year. Mm-hmm. And so we actually made a solid list, I think, of superhero comedy movies. Starting with Kick-Ass. Because I think Kick-Ass was like the original superhero movie to make a great comedy at the same time. And, and supersede the genres and blend them together so well. While not being that, rated R. Yeah, not that like Iron Man isn't funny. Even even the Dark Knight is a very, very There's a funny. lot of funny jokes in yeah. that movie, but I think Kick-Ass was the first one to like blend it super well. Kick-Ass was the first one where you could put it in the genre of, cat- of comedy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a superhero comedy. It's not just a superhero movie. Like, I'll never forget. One of the funniest scenes I've ever seen in my life, I feel like, was when Hit Girl starts killing all those guys yeah. inside the apartment. And, like, the little kid music's yeah. playing around. And a, she's just, like, smiling and it's stuff. Crazy. It's crazy. She's so just funny. having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> it's super funny. Chloe Grace Moretz is hysterical in that she movie. Steals the, she steals every scene And she's then Aaron in. Taylor Johnson's crazily. Yeah. But Kick Cage. It's really good. Yeah. No, yeah, uh, what's his name? Back to, I mean, Daddy, Big Daddy, Big Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have Guardians of the Galaxy. I think the funniest Marvel movie so far. Uh, James Gunn is a hysterical writer. He he made two really funny movies before the Slither and um, Super and Super, and he knocked it out of the park with this. Knocked I had to say it. I had to say it. But it's, it really is the cast that makes it. It's well cast, and they all are just terrific with comedy, which is hard to do for a lot of actors. Yeah, and this started like we talked about the intergalactic universe uh, traveling in, in scope of the MCU, and also with the success, the insane success of Guardians of the Galaxy, of these characters that the average person had no idea existed, it made the MCU realize that we can do whatever we want We can do now. anything. Anything. Anything yeah. can work. Anything can hit. So we're just going to sh- swing for the fences on everything now. Yeah. And it was awesome. And then we have Deadpool 1 and Deadpool 2, which are both very, very funny movies. Obviously, we had to get Ryan Reynolds on this list. The first yeah. one, I think, is funnier than the second one. Yeah. But the second one has more like meta jokes and like some of the more like X-Men jokes. And yeah. I think just Ryan Reynolds is a star, and he was born to be Deadpool. And it showed that people craved the R-rated humor with combined with superheroes. They wanted that raunchy 
not PG humor. They wanted Ryan Reynolds to be Ryan Reynolds. Plus the inside jokes, you know, yeah. not just comic book stuff, but the fact that, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman are great friends, but also have that comedic, yeah. sarcastic yeah. rivalry going on. And so then, great. And then it's like the watching Logan die on like the stump. He's like, how am I supposed to compete with that? He's like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's so great. It's, it's perfect. Just like little things like that yeah. make it so personal. Next up, we have Thor Ragnarok, uh, directed by Taika Waititi. And this is such a hilarious film. I think it was a breath of fresh air for Marvel and allowed Hemsworth to use his natural comedic charisma. If you've seen him in interviews, he is a very funny dude, and they let him embrace that finally. Compared to Thor 1, where he's got bleached eyebrows, a bleached beard, weird yellow hair, and just like... Has a couple of funny lines. Doesn't really look yeah. human, and he does, he's not very personable. He has the yeah. coffee line, like, oh, what's this? I want another. Another. It's funny, but like you're right. Chris Hemsworth is a personable, hilarious guy. Yeah. Just let him flex that muscle. Next up, we have Ant-Man, starring Paul Rudd. Now, this movie is, I think, an underrated comedy in the MCU universe, specifically because Edgar Wright wrote the first original script for this film, who's a great comedic and action director. We all love him so much. Unfortunately, he dropped out of directing Ant-Man because of creative differences, but I'm sure they kept a lot of the same sequences and jokes that he wrote. I think like one of the funniest moments in the MCU is when the, 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 they're small, it's Yellow Jacket versus Ant-Man on the train set, and like in their yeah. world and their perspective it's like giant trains colliding and then it zooms out to like the kids perspective and they just like little toy trains crash into each other yeah and they don't even make a sound so i think it's super funny and i think you know edgar wright if he's working on a script it's gonna be hilarious also adam mckay and paul rudd rewrote it mm -hmm. so they injected their humor into it next up we have hancock which will smith stars in he was a superhero before marvel was even making superhero movies um the uh, marvel studios this is a terrific original Superhero, it's not based on anything. I thought it was really cool. Really funny. Rated R. Uh, Charlize Theron's also a co a great co-star, and Will Smith just kills it. It gets serious in the second half, yeah. but I think the first half of this movie is Very funny. hysterical. Yeah. It's really good. It's awesome. a great take. It's a great tone that they captured as well, too. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to move into our high school comedy section. And we'll begin with... Super bad, which is one of our favorite movies of all time. It's the goat, and it might be the funniest movie on this list, possibly. It's the goat of high school. High comedy. school movies. It's the yeah. funniest for sure. Absolutely love Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah, Christopher Mintz Platz in this movie. The three of them together are so funny. I don't think we'll ever see a comedy, a high school comedy, capture this kind of magic ever again. I agree. I think it's a special movie that we just gotta keep watching once a year. It's, it's terrific. It's vulgar. It yeah. hasn't completely aged well, but you know what? I still love it. Yeah, I still laugh your ass off. Uh, there's another great one that came out recently. It's The Edge of Seventeen with Haley Steinfeld, and I always say her name wrong, Steinfeld. I think it's a really terrific, underrated film. She co-stars with Woody Harrelson and a, and a great young cast. It's really funny, it's really endearing, and she plays a really terrific character. Highly recommend. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Next up, we have Mean Girls, which is an iconic comedy. One of the best high school movies ever made in general outside of just the comedy genre. Um, I love this Starring movie. Lindsay Lohan. 
And this movie's hysterical. Tina Fey, Amy Poehler as well. And the cast is really great. The I'm story, a cool mom. The story's great. The jokes, la- every one of the jokes lands in this yeah. movie. It's really great. On Tuesdays, we wear pink. Or is it Wednesdays? I'm sorry. Wednesdays. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. Jesus. Sorry, have ladies. Have seen the movie? I have a few times. <laughs> it's great. It's iconic. And, you know, this was like, you know, Lindsay Lohan hit a peak right here. And then her obviously, we know her career like went sideways a little bit. but Yeah, and then obviously, Rachel McAdams and then Amanda Seyfried have had great careers since. That's right. Rachel yeah. McAdams is the villain in this movie. And yeah. she had – this came out and The Notebook came out, I think, in the same, same year, year. Which is – she year. had a huge year. Yeah. So, Mean Girls is iconic. Next up, we have 21 Jump Street, which was the remake of the classic TV show starring Johnny Depp. And this time, we have Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill basically spoofing the idea of remakes, a lot of meta humor, and a really fun ride. I was surprised how funny this was. I was expecting like just like a bad movie, but when we watched it, we were laughing nonstop. Yeah, and thanks to Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill like really pioneered getting this movie made with his concept, the meta, the meta take, him and his writing partner who, who wrote the script, and then getting Channing Tatum involved. It is a great comedy, super fun. And then we have Dope, which came out in 2015. This stars Shamik Moore, all you Miles Morales fans. He does the voice for Miles Morales in Spider-Verse films. And this is a great coming-of-age film. These three friends growing up in the modern world who are really into 90s uh, culture, and they're kind of bullied, and people, you know, they look down on them. And it's just about, it's a great coming-of-age comedy, going through high school, stuff like that, as these, like, unpopular 90s culture kids. Next up, we have Juno, the Oscar-winning screenplay from Diablo Cobley, one of three Oscar-winning screenplays in this list. We'll get to the other two later on. But this is a terrific, extremely original and unique take on the coming-of-age film. It's very funny, very sweet, and very dramatic. I think that she balanced all these facets of storytelling into a great package. And then we have School of Rock. Not quite high school. You know, it's like, what, fifth, sixth grade, Elementary something like school. that? Yeah, I think it's we'll, sixth, we'll, sixth grade. We'll yeah. have just one school com- yeah. A section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. School of Rock is great. I feel like this really catapulted Jack Black to household name and stardom. He's a great musician, obviously, with his band Tenacious D, and he really got to showcase his musical talents and comedic talents at the same time in this movie. It's a really heartwarming film, a really great journey of the characters and growth and a lot of great life lessons, and it's a lot of fun. Made by Richard Linklater. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a tr- I love that movie. It's awesome. Next up, we have Eighth Grade, which was directed and written by Bo Burnham. And I think it's one of the best coming-of-age films of all time. It came out several years ago. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's extremely funny, but also very endearing. And such a great, accurate portrayal of young people and how they balance social media, technology, and trying to fit in. And the final film in our high school comedy section is Lady Bird, the great film, directorial debut from Greta Gerwig, starring Saoirse Ronan. We've done an episode highlighting this film with a couple other coming-of-age films. I think one of the best coming-of-age movies this century for sure. Saoirse Ronan is fantastic in this movie as Lady Bird. Super funny. I found it very relatable because we went to Catholic high school. And I think they just do a great job, you know, following this character study of this girl, Lady Bird. And it's just a really great watch. I think it's hysterical, too. Next up, we got to get lit, bruh. It's time for stoner comedy. 420, bro. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's get it. Smoking doobies. <laughs> Wait, no, as the kids vape now. Yeah, they, oh, they vape now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they vape. Get your get your uh, refills. <laughs> the packets. Oh, the jewels. No, the yeah, but a refill is uh-huh. for like t- the cartridge. Oh, with the oil in it. Gotcha. No, I mean, it's sort of, that's what you call it because it runs out. Oh, so gotcha. the cartridge, right? I know it. I know it, kids. I've seen, I know, I've I know seen, it. I'm hip. I've seen vapors I'm out hip. there. <laughs> the first one on this list, I think, is the best stoner comedy. You probably agree with me. Pineapple Express, Rogan and Franco, genius, 
It's so fun. It's hysterical. Uh, just a, a great ride when we saw it in theaters, and it's very rewatchable. And Franco got a glow, golden glow for this movie, right? I believe he got nominated. He got nominated. Yes. I don't know yeah. if he won, but he's hysterical in this movie. Obviously, they won't make a sequel, unfortunately, but, you know, Pineapple Express, I think, will always have a special place in my heart for stoner comedies and comedies in general. It's Jill just a- Hader in the opening. <laughs> it's iconic. It's so funny. Like, man, this it, stuff is the bee's knees. We got to get it out there. <laughs> I feel like a big old pal of flapjacks, like maple syrup <laughs> melted all over. <laughs> the guy to open the movie black and white in World War II. It's amazing. And the guy comes in with like the submarine outfit on. <laughs> it's so great. So funny. I love it. As yet, he likes to say they're firing on all, all cylinders, cylinders in this movie. This is my new one, guys. It is a great, great movie. So funny. And then in this is the end they make like the fake sequel to it yeah. Danny McBride in this obviously oh, yeah, is so true. good obviously we, we've got to shout Danny McBride and this is the oh, end oh this is the end yeah one of the most iconic character reveals of all time great, I think great. is when he's smoking a joint inside the uh, bathtub with his boots hanging out yeah <laughs> it's great it's great and then we have Harold and Kumar a great stoner comedy this one actually makes you really hungry when you watch it because the whole plot of it is trying to get to White Castle to get burgers these two stoner best friends They've had a rough day, a rough week, and they're just trying to get their burgers, and they get into all kinds of shenanigans, some great cameos as well. So we used to watch Hell and Kumar with our friends all the time. We would, um, yes, get – we would never do stuff like no, no, that. We, no, we, never, but – <laughs> we'd, we'd have a good time yeah we'd have a good time and watch harold and kumar it was great it was up there extremely extremely rewatchable we i think we, we must have seen it maybe 30 times maybe in, in like two years we watched this all the time when we were kids yeah. next up we have ted which stars mark Wahlberg and seth mcfarlane as the title character and obviously we all know this as the uh the boston set movie where mark Wahlberg's best friend is a living teddy bear super yeah, funny yeah kid thunder buddies for life greatest cameo of all time from tom brady the goat it's the craziest <laughs> concept of a movie when they're trying to do stuff like that but it's super fun um i like the take it's a good time the cgi is solid and ted's hysterical then we have knocked up this is another judd apatow film and we got that whole crew still before they're all super famous and oscar nominated and all that and you know it's a stoner comedy as well as a great like not coming of age film but like coming into adult film adulthood film where all mm-hmm. these immature dudes start to grow as adults because they have to take on real responsibilities in life there's a lot of great life lessons in there it's really funny maybe a little too long yeah like apatow films usually are but i still <laughs> love this movie ton of great jokes great concepts but also tackling. excellent poster yeah, yeah. excellent poster and, uh, <laughs> it was just seth seth rogan like imagine this, this guy, guy knocked you, you up <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> but you know a lot of dealing with serious things like an accidental pregnancy next up we have next friday we couldn't put the first friday on because it was in the 19, 90s 1999 but next friday was an uh, it's a great sequel uh with the record store all that it's he's it's a, a lot of fun they did a great Pinky. job and the the funny thing about it is in friday craig never smoked weed before until Smokey got him high for the yeah. first time but then in next friday craig is a stoner now yeah. and now the, the the story is then with him and his uncle who has a bunch of money who i think they alluded to in the first one got like yeah. a settlement or something like that and there's no chris tucker though unfortunately. unfortunately i think he wanted more money and then we have ali g in the house so this is ali this is sasha barrett cohen's first film Buyukasha. let me introduce you to my main man my main man and but this is a 
a narrative fictional yeah. story of the character Ali G rather than his typical mockumentary style with filmmaking. Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman is yeah. one of his best friends in this movie. It's <laughs> such a funny movie. It's a great stoner comedy. Ali G is, is hilarious. It's one of my favorite comedy Remember characters the of all time. With the bullets, yeah, it, dodging. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it's a ridiculous character. And he even brought him. He brought Ali G to present at the Oscars one yeah. time. Him and his wife. Um, Isla Fisher. Fisher secretly had the glasses in the skull cap that he wore. That they, yeah. So before he presented, because they they were like, "Don't you can't do anything." And then he, so he went to the bathroom before he presented, put on his LG outfit, and then and then just went on stage. Booyakasha! Amazing. <laughs> but so, everyone loved it. That's why the Oscars they need to lighten up. Yeah, because like people, that was the best part of that entire award ceremony. Oh, for sure, it's hilarious. Next up, we have. Critically acclaimed comedies. Now, this is uh, some of the best films made of the last 20 years, and they are also extremely funny. We're going to start out this list with Wes Anderson's great film, The Grand Budapest Hotel. I think it's the peak of his career so far. It's hysterical, extremely well-written, well-crafted production, everything about it, and Ray Fiennes is hilarious. I think it's safe to say that The Grand Budapest Hotel might be the best movie on this entire list. It's possible, yeah. It's, it's such an incredible film. It's a masterpiece in filmmaking, comedy, production design, set design, great characters, great acting, incredible script. It is Wes Anderson at his best, and every minute of it is hysterical. Very high rewatch value on that. And then we have Lost in Translation, written and directed by Sofia Coppola. She won Best Screenplay for this film. It's a great movie. We covered it in our episode on Lost in Translation versus her and how those are like very spiritually connected movies. And we love this movie. You know, Sofia is a great filmmaker. We just talked about her with Godfather Part 3. And Lost in Translation, it's her best film, and it's one of the best movies made this century, for sure, let alone comedy. Next up, we have a political film, The Death of Stalin. Now, this is a satirical take on Stalin's final days. And because the filmmakers approach it in this very satirical, ridiculous way because of kind of how ridiculous it was where Stalin's um, lieutenants and generals were so afraid of him that, like, they're afraid to check on if he's okay, if he's dead or not. Because And then this film, like, it happens where he's dead, and they're like, is he dead? Should we should we tell anyone? Or Because they're still afraid of for their lives if, if he is alive. So it's an amazing take on this crazy situation. It's a laugh out loud. It's really it's that, funny. It's a really good time. It's really great. The jokes really land, and they're, it's very subtle, dry humor. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's hilarious. And then we have another Wes Anderson film, The Royal Tenenbaums. Obviously, you could probably put a lot of Wes Anderson's movies on this list in general, the the whole comedy list. But I think The Royal Tenenbaums is his next funniest movie, his his next best script, and it's got a ton of great jokes, great characters. I think it's pretty. It's his second best film in general, but I think it definitely deserves to be on the critically acclaimed list. I think it could be his second best too. It's a great great movie. Next up, we have Guy Ritchie Snatch, an uh, eclectic cast. Of uh, British actors as well as Brad Pitt in his in un, uh, an illegible uh, speaking, it's hilarious. Uh, great cast, great set set of situations. Uh, the, the writing is top notch, like always. It's a great follow up to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and Guy Ritchie doing what he does best. Just made the cut for yeah. being released in two thousand. Mm-hmm. Then we have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A lot of Tarantino's films have great humor and great comedy, but I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has his the most jokes in any of his movies, the funniest of all his movies in general, and it was an excellent film, so we had to throw it in critically acclaimed. It was everyone was laughing the whole time. And also it was it's one of the other Oscar winners. 
winners on this list. Yeah, and Leo is so funny in this He's movie. He's so funny. That I, temper tantrum he like, has. People, I think it flies under the radar how funny Leo DiCaprio can be. Goddamn alcoholic. <laughs> He's actually got two movies on this list. We'll get to the God other one in a little bit. Hippies. Bunch of goddamn, goddamn hippies. Goddamn hippies. It's a private road. I was in my room making a margarita. <laughs> Hope everyone's okay. Goddamn hippies sure ain't. <laughs> That's for sure. Torch world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up. Uh, we have Silver Linings Playbook, which is one of my favorite romantic comedies. It is a comedy, I think. And Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence, obviously steal the show on this. They're terrific in Dynamite together. Dynamite. Dynamite. David O. Russell's directing is perfect. The screenplay is great. I think it's a really terrific original romantic film. All right, how about before we get into the rest of these films, we head on into our intermission. We Sounds still great. have a lot to cover. We have a ton left, through. yeah. So let's do that. I think we're uh, doing a great job, though. I think you're doing a great I job. I think you're doing an excellent job. Oh, thanks, man. You know how much that means. Raiders of the Lost podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Manscaped. The leaders in men's grooming use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout from manscaped.com to get 20% off your entire order and free shipping worldwide. Besides the lawnmower 4.0 groomer that we've been talking about for about a year and a half, which will just change your entire grooming life, they also just released their Ultra Premium Collection, which is the ultimate wet goods bundle, which includes deodorant, yes, actual armpit deodorant from Manscaped that smells incredible, body wash, two-in-one shampoo conditioner, hydrating body spray, and a free set of Manscaped lip balm. Manscaped's products are dye-free, gluten-free, paraben-free, alcohol-free, cruelty-free, and phthalate-free. I don't know what that word means, but I'm glad that it's free of them. It's not good for you. I'll tell you that. So use our coupon code RAIDERSOFTHELOST at checkout to get 20% off your order and free shipping today. Hey, Jim, do you like movie posters? I adore movie posters. Well, if you want to get some, do you know where you can go? Movieposters.com. That's right. Head on over to movieposters.com and use our special promo code RAIDERS10. You know it. RAIDERS10. To get 10% off your order today, they have a gigantic selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable. Everything from the Batman and Spider-Man No Way Home to classics to, to Tarantino movies. Whatever your poster needs are, they got it. As well as all sorts of sizes, framing, backlighting, they got you covered. Again, head on over to movieposters.com and use our special promo code RAIDERS10 to get 10% off your order today. Let's head on into our intermission now, and we'll begin with our movie quote competition. I'll go first, Anthony. Let's hear it. I am dipping this potato in crushed Vicodin, and no one can stop me. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, man. Um, I'm dipping this potato in crushed... It's The Martian. Nice job, man. Good one. That's a good quote. Thanks. Okay. Some, for some reason, that was uh, nominated for best comedy best at comedy. Golden Globes. He won. He won <laughs> best comedic <Yeah>. act role. <laughs> Golden Globes are ridiculous. <clears throat> Next one: An old man dies, a young woman lives. A fair trade. I love you, Nancy. Sin City. Ding 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 ding. Nailed ding. it. Good one. Nice. Great job. Got me for a second. Guess this movie release year: Beverly Hills. Ninja. <laughs> Might be the funniest movie ever. 1998. 97. Ah, oh, damn it. It's a great, great movie. Guess this movie released here. Sin City. 2005. Yes. Got it. Great one, two, man. Two for two over here. Wow. On Watch fire. Bad in a thousand. On fire. Movie pop quiz time. Now, Anthony, <laughs> what Christopher Nolan movie 
features a David Bowie song. That's a good question. A David Bowie song in a Chris Nolan movie. Hmm. Huh. That's a good question. Due process of elimination, man. I mean, is it the prestige because Bowie's in it, but it's the Radiohead song that plays at the end. <sighs> man, oh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. <laughs> Shit. Good question. <laughs> it's a very good question. I'm going to go with... <laughs> Shit, I don't... I'm going to go with... Uh, I don't... Make a goddamn guess. I'm gonna go with <laughs> the prestige. Memento. Memento. Oh, I I didn't say memento. I didn't think they, they could afford a Bowie song. Something something in the air is the movie. That's the song in the movie. Oh man. Good question. Okay. Thanks, man. Here's my quiz. How many Oscar nominations does Bruce Willis have? Zero. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's a trick question. Good job. Three for three, man. Thanks, man. Wow. <laughs> All right. We got it. <laughs> I love how quick you were to answer that. I was like, there's no fucking way Bruce Willis has an Oscar nomination. <laughs> That's great. All right. What do we got for uh, haters this week? Any unsubscribes? We got a bunch of unsubscribes. Lots of, lots of funny fans this week. Blake Bishop wrote, when will Anthony just replace James with Juno? Until that happens, I'm unsubscribed. <laughs> Chewy Nut Cluster, Chewy Nut Cluster <laughs> wrote, James is clearly the better twin because he has a psycho poster. Resubscribed only to James. <laughs> and then a vivacious Alice wrote, I'm pretty sure they're both the same person. I mean, have you seen them in one room together? Unsubscribe. <laughs> And then uh, Tyler Matthew Moto, how dare you underappreciate the pure genius of da of Daddy Pats as the Batman? Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and then um, uh, Frankie Frank Balbuena wrote, he made fun of us for not mentioning SWAT as the Colin Farrell reboot in an intermission last week. Is we you, you uh, your quiz question was Colin Farrell re Colin Farrell reboots and you didn't put SWAT in it. I think he wrote a five star review too. Yeah, and he wrote unfucking subscribed. <laughs> I think the five star review might be from him. It's forgot Colin Farrell's masterpiece SWAT reboot in the Batman trivia. How can you even consider yourself movie? Yeah, fans? I think that's him. Uh... Unsubscribed. <laughs> also, but for real hate, we posted a Batman video where I said one thing about like not loving how Batman left the cr the scene of the giant car wreck on the freeway. And we had to delete the clip off TikTok because it was covered with hate. We were getting swarms of trolls attacking us for having for, for me having one small issue about a movie. Eight point eight. We had <laughs> we had to delete the clip because it was so toxic. So that's our our hater of the week. The internet is a toxic so, place. Yeah. All right, we have a bunch of great five star reviews recently, so I'll do a couple of them. This one's from Jay Dizzle up in here. The Riddler knows the Batman spoilers, so heads up, there's gonna be some Batman spoilers. I loved your Batman episode, and I think you're right about the Riddler initially not knowing that Bruce Wayne was the Batman, as evidenced by his writing a message to Batman to find following what he believed would be the death of Bruce Wayne. That being said, the Riddler is supposedly the only person in the Batman universe that can complete intellectually with Batman. So, following the failed murder attempt, if Riddler just wanted Bruce dead, he would have tried again, that is... He would have tried again, but that is never seen because Riddler discovers the truth. Then why they have the confrontation in Arkham... 
Riddler is also aware of the camera's rolling, so he alters his speech to prevent revealing the Bat's identity because the Riddler is a narcissist and wants to be the one to defeat the Batman and prove himself to be the superior mind. Love your podcast and would love to hear what you think of this theory. Keep up the good work. I think that's a solid theory. I think that at the end of the day, we all just officially don't know until we hear Matt Reeves say it, I guess. I think I think that's uh I think that could definitely be true where he knows it but he's not letting uh the cameras know. Yeah, I think just according to the film we know yeah. we assume that Riddler does know, but it's possible that he does know. That's you know and, and it's possible. I'm you know it would be a great storyline is if Riddler uncovers Bruce's identity in maybe. the second film. Maybe, but it seems like a plausible theory. I think that's yeah. very solid. I think, yeah, I think that's a great theory, pal. Um, great yeah, one. I appreciate that one. And I think maybe we'll learn more about Riddler in the following, in the next film, in the third film. Uh, another one from Planet C8. James and Anthony do their research and produce entertaining weekly podcasts filled with fun trivia, comedy, and most importantly, movie facts. Thank you so much. And also Ryan uh, Saros, who left that one-star review that was <laughs> super sarcastic. <laughs> wrote an apology. He wrote a really great little, uh, little five-star review. He changed his review to five. Thanks so much, Ryan, for for the the kind words. It's it's super long. I don't have time to read the whole thing, but yeah. overall, he's like, I'm I'm offering my sincerest apologies from that one star to five star review. I think his sarcasm maybe didn't come across to us as well. Okay, yeah, because I, I figured if it, it was sarcastic. If it, if it was five star review, you could you could tear us apart. It yeah. don't care. Yeah, but so so the one star threw us off. That's where he was. recommends us doing another Q and A episode, which would actually be a lot of fun. Yeah. So maybe we should do that pretty soon. It's been a while since. But the last Ryan, one. thanks for tuning in. We figured you were being sarcastic, but we didn't fully know. But you're the best. Appreciate you tuning in every week. Thanks, pal. Our Godfather Patreon shout out for this episode is Dennis. He has been a patron for a while and bumped up to Godfather recently. He has chosen Beverly Hills Cop as his Godfather bonus episode. Hell yeah. So we can't wait to chat about that Let's one. Talk about Axel. Let's go. Thanks, buddy. My streaming recommendation is a show on Apple TV, Severance. I've been recommended it by a lot of people. I've watched a couple episodes. I like it a lot so far. So check it out. It's a really interesting concept where people can have their memories basically erased when they go to work all day and they leave work not remembering they were at work. My recommendation is The Shape of Water on Hulu, the best picture winner. Nice pick. Thanks. All right, now let's get back into our episode on the funniest movies of the 21st century. And we're starting up again with our new section of spoof parody movies, starting with Scary Movies 1, 2, and 3, which all came out this century. All three super funny. Each one spoofs different movies. The first one's obviously like Scream and stuff like that. And then the second one is Haunted House. Haunted House, but also I know what you did last summer, right? Mm. And then the third one is Signs. I believe the first one is I know what you did last summer. And then the third one is Signs, right? Third one is Signs and... um, you're right. And, the second one was the, yeah. the haunted mansion. Take my small, take yeah, my take, strong, take hand. my strong hand. <laughs> my germs. <laughs> the third one's my favorite. The third one's it's so funny. The second one's really because uh, the third one makes fun of the ring as well. Okay, yeah, it combines right. the ring and the signs. ring signs. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna need a ride home. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like the basketball dribbling in the yeah. second one with the Nike commercial. Yeah, yeah. It's so great. <laughs> 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 The oh first one's God. iconic too, but yeah. it's they're they're so good. The they, they all did a great job. They, they did such a good job with good. these movies. Next up, we have Ben Stiller's movie Tropic Thunder, which spoofs action movies and also spoofs uh, actors and the idea in and filmmaking in general in Vietnam films. Yeah, in Vietnam films, I think it's so funny. It's so quotable. The cast is amazing, and then you get Tom Cruise as Les Grossman, iconic. And then Team America, World Police, which is a very offensive movie, has not aged well. But it you has know, not. It's the South Park creators. It's what they yeah. do best. It's what they do. They make raunchy. 
they offend. R-rated comedy. They're, they're, yes, they offend people. And this movie, when it came out, was ridiculous. It took the world by storm. Matt it's, Damon. It's freaking puppets. It's, <laughs> it's puppets. super funny. It's it's ridiculous. The vomiting scene is iconic. Everyone has AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> America. Yeah, <laughs> coming again to save the motherfucking world. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's it's just don't take it too seriously. You'll yeah. have a good time. Yeah, it's great. And uh, someone pointed out that I, I posted me that Chris Pine in that sci-fi movie he did with Ava DuVernay, uh, DuVernay looks exactly like the lead character in uh, in Team America. Oh, the hair, the hair, and the beard. It's so <laughs> funny. Next up, we have Taika Waititi's "What We Do in the Shadows." With some of New Zealand's most prominent actors, a great spoof of vampires in a mockumentary format. It is hilarious, very unique and original, a brilliant comedy. The first half of this movie is it's laugh perfect. out yeah. loud, hysterical. It's a great, great concept. It's it's just so fun. And then we have the Flight of the Concords characters like like Jermaine, who helped write the movie. Jermaine Clement co-wrote this with him, too. I think he co-directed it as well. Also a very funny comedian. Then we have Undercover Brother, which stars Eddie Griffin. This movie, I think, is like almost like borderline cult classic comedy where I, maybe not everyone's seen it, but it is so damn funny. And I'm putting it on the list just because of the mayonnaise scenes <laughs> where Eddie Griffin, he goes undercover as like a white man or like he's like marries a white woman. And he's like, she makes him eat a man like mayonnaise on a sandwich <laughs> and like... <laughs> <laughs> they go into like a khaki clothing store. <laughs> like, hello, ma'am. How are you doing today? <laughs> and like, he's too afraid to like eat the mayonnaise. It's like tongue touches it. <laughs> so damn it's funny. Great. Eddie Griffin's hysterical in this. And then we have uh, Austin Powers in Goldmember. Uh, this is a great, great. Uh, the third one in the trilogy. In the yeah, trilogy. The other two are in the 1990s. Uh, it's hard to pull off a third movie that's still funny in a comedy franchise, but he did it. Uh, he's just peak. He was like a, he was such a big star, Michael Myers, for several years because of these movies. And Austin Powers is one of the best characters ever made in in comedy history. And this was before Beyonce was a superstar. Yeah, and she was she was she even, had just she, been she had just um, finished up with Destiny's Child, I believe. She was like, like her one solo, solo album. This is yeah. like two thousand two or two thousand three. It's super early. Yeah. And then and Goldmember also has the opening sequence with Tom Cruise, right? That's the second one, is it? I believe someone can fact check us on that. And also, but the best part about Gold Member is we get Michael Caine as his dad. Yeah. yeah. And then action comedy section starting now. We're gonna open it up with Rush Hour two and three. Unfortunately, the first one came out in the '90s, so that cannot make this episode. But Rush Hour two and three, I think, are just as funny, just as entertaining. They're just as successful, and I can't wait for the fourth film. And we talked about these movies a little bit in depth in our Jackie Chan episode on Monday. Next up, we have The Other Guys, Adam McKay's hilarious uh, cop spoof with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Who knew that these two guys would be so fun together? And they work perfectly. They really do. It's some of the greatest lines like, Gator, Gator, don't play, play that! that. The, the cucumber accents the water in, in such a way. <laughs> so funny. I was, I, was ho- I was hoping for the water. <laughs> Imagine where you'd be at in your career if you didn't shoot Jeter. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have... Shanghai Noon, another Jackie Chan action comedy, except this time his sidekick is now Owen Wilson. They pair just as well together probably as Jackie and Chris Tucker. They complement each other. Their comedic comedic takes very similarly. Really fun. Shanghai Noon, we've talked we talked about in the Jackie Chan episode. Also, great production. Still holds up today. And Shanghai Nights is also another great action comedy. And then we have Hot Fuzz, which I think is Edgar Wright's funniest movie. It's another spoof of cops and how serious and how serious action is portrayed in, in movies and 
I, it's just a wonderful film. The filmmaking, the acting, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. I love it. It has great action sequences, yeah. so it made this action section. And you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Simon Pegg is hysterical. He's one of my favorite comedians in film today, and I love seeing him and everything he's done because he does this, and then he's in the Mission Impossible's and Star Trek. He's on mm-hmm. fire. The guy's the guy's a machine. He's you know what he's doing? He's firing on all cylinders. Firing on all cylinders. He's knocking everything out of the park. <laughs> then we have the Man from Uncle, which Anthony said i maybe that doesn't deserve to be on this list at first but I'm like i love the man from uncle it is I'm very just saying funny. it's not like comedy it is fu- dude it's i'm funny it's watch funny. it again it's hysterical yeah. it's it's they have a bunch of really great you jokes just love watching henry cavill i love henry cavill i mean is there who doesn't <laughs> no i i love him too i, love I mean too. the sequence where army hammers and the boats getting chased by the police and everything and, and then henry cavill's character is just eating a sandwich that he finds in the truck watching it happen with the Italian music playing in the background. Dude, yeah. this movie's so funny. Next up, we have Kung Fu Hustle, which is a hysterical Chinese film. It's so much fun, so so goofy and zany and silly. Cool special effects. The fights are a lot of fun, and it's just a ridiculous ride. It's terrific. We loved it as kids. And then finally, in the action comedy section, we have The Nice Guys, which is such an underrated movie. Unfortunately, it didn't perform super well at the box office, meaning it probably won't get a sequel. It stars Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. This is a Shane Black film. I think it might be Shane Black's best movie. I mean, he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, but The the Nice Guys is such a great take on the buddy cop. Them two together, it's just like cinematic magic, these two superstars, and just flexing their comedic chops because they are very funny guys despite doing a lot of dramatic films. Love every minute of The Nice Guys. It is time to move on to wedding movies. So I think the funniest wedding movie, it could be Wedding Crashers, Owen Wilson, and uh, Vince Vaughn. (laughs) I forgot his name for a second. Iconic. Uh, Will Ferrell with his cameos, Chaz at the end. Isla Fisher, Isla Fisher, it, <laughs> Isla Fisher is so funny in this as like that crazy uh, uh, girl who's like obsessed with Vince Vaughn. Stage five clinger. Yeah, stage five clinger. She's so funny in this. She steals every scene she's in. And then Christopher Walken's great. Rachel McAdams too. Yeah, Rachel McAdams, and then yeah. Bradley Cooper is one of his biggest roles yeah. in early in his career as the antagonist. It's a great, it's a classic it's a lot of fun. You know, it's got some heart to it at the end. Somehow they're making a sequel to this. I think that's coming out next year or this year. And we'll see. Hopefully they can pull it off again. But this was this was a big movie. It made, it made a ton of the box office. Next up, we have Bridesmaids, which is an iconic wedding comedy. Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Melissa McCarthy. This this movie's legendary. And I know like a lot of girls, they like to like base their their um wedding showers off of like a theme of bridesmaids and it's a lot of fun great jokes the opening sequence is hysterical with john ham her climbing over the wall and everything like that <laughs> Kristen wig is super funny she's such a star in this rose burn too yeah next up we have my big fat greek wedding which was a terrific comedy took the the country by storm it became one of the most successful profitable films of all time for good reason it's terrific so well written well acted and a lot of fun and brings the Greek the Greek culture into American consciousness like no other film did before it. Now let's move into obscure comedy. And now these are movies that maybe not everyone's seen that we think are great comedies at the same time as being great movies. First up, we have Napoleon Dynamite, which is about as obscure and weird as people thought it would get. But this was a, a huge hit. This was this took high schools by storm. Everyone was quoting Napoleon Dynamite. I still see people wearing Vote for Pedro shirts. Mm-hmm. Super funny. Just like kind of like a one-hit wonder of a movie that just like everyone loves. Next up, we have The Lobster by Yorgos Lanthimos. 
excellent cast, Colin Farrell, John C. Riley. Uh, amazing concept where uh, in a world where if you don't have a partner, you're going to be turned into an animal. And it's just this crazy situation. Such great dark humor. So well done. I highly recommend it. And then we have Sorry to Bother You. This stars Lakeith Stanfield. And it's a really cool movie because it's sort of like this comedic, surrealist take on a story. It, it's really like intriguing the way it goes from the first act and then moving forwards. But I think it's a great performance from Lakeith. Kind of like a big star-making role from him besides Get Out. And I think it's just a terrific movie and crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's pretty weird. It's crazy. crazy. Next up, we have Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny. Uh, Jack Black. And his partner in crime, I can't remember his name, but their 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 band's movie. It's a lot of fun. It's ridiculous. Satan shows up. It's it's a zany movie, but very entertaining. And then Logan Lucky, which is a heist movie with Daniel Craig, who plays some crazy Southern guy. I and said then, no peeking. <laughs> and then we have Adam Driver and then Channing Channing Tatum together. So it's a great trio of of like well known talented mm-hmm. actors doing great comedy. Soderbergh. Next up, we have our section on dark comedies. This is a great list. Okay. The first one, I think, is the best dark comedy ever is American Psycho. You all know this movie. And Christian Bale, I think, his best performance. But this movie, as messed up as it is, I find endlessly hysterical and laugh out loud. I love it. It gets funnier every time I watch it. I don't know what that says about me. Then we have In Bruges. In fucking Bruges. Starring uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson and Ray Fiennes. Really good movie, but also super dry humor, hysterical, great filmmaking. I like it a lot. It's just it's just like one of those kind of obscure dark comedies. It's about a hitman who wants to take his own life after he accidentally kills a kid, and it's really fucking good. It's well done, so well done. Next up, we have a serious man by the Coen Brothers about a Jewish man whose life is falling apart in many ways, and he's trying to just keep things together. It's so funny, so weird. And perfectly written. I, I adore this film. And then we have The Wolf of Wall Street, Martin Scorsese's funniest movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonah Hill. This movie, I don't think they meant to for it to become as funny as it was, but it's just is hysterical. Laugh out loud. Every freaking minute of this movie is great. Jonah Hill had a lot of improvisation, infused a ton of comedy into the script. Leo does a great job with comedic acting. Also with his physical acting is super funny. McConaughey is great. Just this wild, stranger-than-fiction story about Jordan Belfort and his uh, company. It's so damn good. Next up, we have the Coen brothers, Burn After Reading. Such an amazing, hilarious, and shocking dark film. Uh, This stars in a great cast of Francis McDormand, Brad Pitt, John Malkovich, among many others. It is hysterical. You've never seen Brad Pitt do comedy like this before, and he's perfect. And Francis McDormand, again, steals the show. I highly recommend this film. It is a lot of fun. I think it's their funniest movie. Fargo's very funny as well, but that's in the 90s. But I think Burn After Reading, if you've never seen it, it's very dry humor, funny take on espionage, and it's a good time. And now let's move into our section on animated movies. And we'll begin with Shrek. 
Shrek is hysterical. I you think know, it's the funniest uh, kids animated movie. It really is really yeah. funny. Mike Myers is a very funny guy. And, you know, coming out of the 90s with Austin Powers and then before that with SNL. And now he's voicing Shrek and he just infuses so much humor into the character and the role. And people still love Shrek so much. And Eddie Murphy. Yeah, Eddie Murphy too. Them two bouncing off each other is great. And then uh, Antonio Banderas. Oh, yeah. It's just really boots. great scenes as well. I think Shrek's an iconic animated film for kids. Sure it's, is. It's, I, think, I think it is the funniest for kids. Next up, we have Wes Anderson's The Fantastic Mr. Fox, a terrific adaptation of the famous book, Stop Motion. Uh, you have a kid's movie, but unlike any other, it has the Wes Anderson humor and style and tone, and man, does it work perfectly. And then South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. I forgot this came out this century. Yeah. It just made it like 2000, 2001-ish, something like that. Yeah, 2000. And I mean, South Park, we grew up watching it. As kids, we have older brothers, so South Park was always one of our favorite shows. And when this came out, they finally made a movie. It was ridiculous. It was raunchy, vulgar, offensive. That's their thing. That's what they do. And they made a movie somehow out of those characters, and it was great. <laughs> this is the biggest show on TV for kids, yeah. I think, South Park. For kids? Yeah. Or young for adults. teenagers. Teenagers, young Teenagers. Adults. Like, South Park was, like, what our brothers were watching, so we were watching it. And this movie, when it came out, every, every kid wanted to see it. And I, a lot of theaters had to deal with kids sneaking into the movie. Next up, we have Sausage Party, which comes from Seth Rogen and the other guys from that Judd Apatow crew, as well as actresses like Kristen Wiig. And it is a rated R animated film that they pulled off really well. It's about different uh, foods and ingredients in a grocery store who are alive and they're trying to escape. It's very vulgar, very sexually charged. And very raunchy, but it's so funny. Yeah, it's like Toy Story with food in rated R. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Nick Kroll's a douche. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and then we have Lego Movie. Now, I thought the tone that they captured with the Lego movies was great, and the first one was exceptional. Chris Pratt voicing the main character. I think this was this is Warner Brothers distributed. But they really just did a great job taking this property, this kid's toys property that everyone loved playing with, and then turning it into a fun anime. Made a film and it was they, genius they've made yeah. different versions of it the cgi is really great in these movies we it talk, is cgi yeah i know we've made clips and stuff and talked about how like they put fingerprints on it that's just to make it seem realistic like someone was yeah. picking up and playing it it's with not it. stop motion they designed it to look like it's stop yeah, motion it's, that's how good the cgi is yeah next up we have uh spider-man into the spider-verse which is definitely one of the most recent movies on this list not only is it a terrific film it did win best picture for best animated film but it is hilarious, especially the first half of this film. It's laugh out loud funny. I think uh, Jake Johnson is hilarious in this movie. He steals every moment that he's in. He's just perfect as the the lazy Peter B. Peter, Peter B. It's terrific. And I think this is a really great movie for young kids. And then we have Pixar's Monsters, Inc., which is hilarious. Mike and Sully, an iconic duo. Pixar's known for their duos, but I think these two just as good probably as Buzz and Woody with Toy Story. And I think Monsters, Inc. is a lot of fun. Like every Pixar movie has a lot of heart. But I think that the earlier Pixar movies were funnier than the later ones. The the later concepts, like Toy Story 4 is also on the list. So we'll say Toy Story 4 for animated films is also on here. Because, you know, it's still the original Pixar like the the early days of Pixar, I think those movies were generated more for comedy, more silly. There's there are they're still funny today, but I think more jokes in there. Yeah, if you compare ones. it to like Coco, Coco is a funny Uncanto, movie too, but it's it's very rich in mature themes and storytelling. Yeah. It has great symbolism, but 
Monsters Inc. is just it has those, but it's so much fun. I think Monsters Inc. is the funniest Pixar movie. Yeah, probably. And then we have The Incredibles, which came out before Marvel Studios movies, mind you. This was that Pixar was doing superheroes way before anyone. Directed by written and directed by Brad Bird. It was his baby. He came up with the in- entire story. Terrific film. Uh, highly memorable characters. Awesome villain. A really good time for kids and families. Uh, Finding Nemo, we're also put on this list. This yeah. movie's hysterical. It's very funny. I think it's yeah. a top three Pixar movie, too. You're probably. right about the pairs for Pixar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. The duos. The duos are iconic. And, you know, Finding Nemo, Dory, and Marlin are great together. Yeah. And they're El- not. Are they doing pairs as much as they used to nowadays? Not. I mean, kind of. So, Encanto. I, I guess you could say there's more of like a lead it's character an ensemble. Like even with Luca, there's yeah. more of a lead versus like the pairs. There's still uh-huh. the pairs. Like Luca, there's pairs, but it's about Luca's the main character. Yeah. Whereas like the classic, like Buzz and Woody are are like equal pairs. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like the older movies they were reliant on the duo. Soul is Mike like, and Sully. There's the pair aspect. Even with Soul, there's a pair quality, but like there's a lead. It's to one that movie. story. Yeah. yeah. It's about a singular character for the most part. Mm-hmm. Even you could say that that's kind of like the past ones, but. It's it's less it's more of like it's like sixty forty split up I would say. Gotcha. Thanks for that uh, percentage. Especially Coco, same thing, but Coco is more of a lead character story. He, he pairs up with a guy, but like it's his it's the kid's story. Yeah, the, the skeleton guy. Yeah, the dead guy. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Toy Story four, which is both like you said, uh, it's very emotional, very touching, but hysterical. I was laughing out loud in the theater. It's really fun. Next up is Wally, which is my favorite Pixar movie, and I think it's hysterical. And the thing with Wally is they had to create a comedic tone without much dialogue going on. And it's got a very silent film quality to the entire movie, which I think works so well. Plus, the entire concept of what human beings have turned into is hysterical and <laughs> it's accurate. Probably, probably a, a look into the future of humanity. But Wally's very funny, very heartfelt, and it's my number one Pixar fo- movie. Wally. Wally. Eva. I've only seen it once. I gotta watch it again. It's great, man. Next up, we have DreamWorks' Kung Fu Panda. Uh, it's hard for DreamWorks to compete with Pixar, but I think with movies like Kung Fu Panda, they do a great job holding their own. Jack Black steals the show, Angelina Jolie, uh, Jackie Chan. It's a terrific cast of voice actors and a lot of fun for animation and a cool story as well. Let's move into horror comedies. And this is gonna be a short list. Topping the list is Shaun of the Dead, the second film from Edgar Wright on this list. One of the not just one of the funniest movies ever made, and especially this century, but one of the best horror movies in general. Because in addition to being a horror comedy, it's a great horror movie, great zombie movie. It could be the best zombie movie ever made. Yeah, you could definitely make the argument. Great gore, lots to go, <laughs> lots, lots going, lots for to it. go, <laughs> lots going for it. <laughs> Next up, that should be the tagline for the movie. Lots to go. Shot of the Dead. Lots Lots to go. go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm studying. I know what's happening is I've been studying Italian, and for the last few days, when I try to say something, I keep getting my words mixed up. Your brain will start to change, too. It's wild. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, next up, uh, we have Zombieland, which is another zombie movie, obviously. Uh, the second one I honestly think sucks. 
but this too one much CGI. This and one green is screen. this one's awesome. It's so much fun. Woody Harrelson, I think, is just like the the centerpiece of the movie and what makes the movie really work because he's so endlessly infectiously likable and so cool. And I think that it's a great cast. Obviously, you have Emma Stone and um, Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Amanda Bree. Um, what's her name? I can't remember her name. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> She's an Oscar nominee too, but uh, great cast, uh, awesome gore and action, rated R humor, super fun. Love the tone, love the graphics impl- uh, implemented into the film, and just like oh the, yeah, the, the graphics, fun approach yeah. of him talking to the audience, narration, stuff like yeah. that. Really good. First one's way better than the second one. And the final movie on our horror comedy section is Cabin in the Woods, which is a very underrated horror movie. I think it's super funny, very meta. And it's supposed to be meta. It's a critique and, and parody kind of of horror movies while also being a serious horror movie because, you know, the first half is super fun. Lots of jokes, lots of laughs, but then it gets serious and turns into a real horror movie, but not losing that meta quality to it. I think it could have the best screenplay in horror movie history. It's so genius of a concept in the approach. It's, it was so original when it came out. I love it. Okay, next up, we have another special section. We have the holiday comedy section. So we're going to go with Elf for our number one pick. Another early Will Ferrell role that he absolutely killed. So you should funny. do it the whole time. <laughs> and this is, I think this, so he did, he did uh, Zoolander. Okay, okay. <laughs> he did Zoolander, um, old school, and Elf within like three years. And Anchorman. And Anchorman. And so within four years. That's a crazy run of movies. It's unbelievable. Yeah, super successful. Buddy the Elf is iconic. And it's just ridiculously funny. Again, most comedies, I, I think the, the, the strengths of them for their comedic tone are the first act, first half of the movies. Yeah. And the first act of this movie is really, really funny. And John Favreau's debut. Next up, we have How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And, John Favreau's directorial debut? Yeah. I believe it's his second movie. It's his first. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. You can Google it if you want. Can't. Anyways, you Google while I talk about the next film. <laughs> well, I don't how, need to Google it. But how Google the Grinch it. Stole Christmas. Jim Carrey, one of the best performances of his career. He did so much in this role. How do you turn the the Grinch, one of the most beloved Christmas animated cartoon movies of all time, into a real-life character? And He really is the only option and choice you could think of playing this role. Really funny. Super hysterical. It's a great movie. Ron Howard made this. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. You're right. Told you. I so he directed Made, which a couple is of years before this with yeah. um Vince Vaughn, which is like uh, the one they did after Swingers. Yeah, I thought he just wrote it because he didn't. He wrote Swingers. He yeah. didn't direct Swingers. Yeah. Oh, great job. Great. Wow. Fact check. True. Man, you. I'm. I'm just gonna go retire. I'll see you guys later. Might as well. <laughs> You're, you. You look like a fool. <laughs> Afterbirth should have put you in the jar. In a jar and a mantelpiece. Mantelpiece. <laughs> Where were you when Jim was getting things right? <laughs> Daddy playing view for anyone who doesn't know. It's a great one. <laughs> Next up, we have The Night Before, which stars Anthony Mackie, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Seth Rogen. Awesome trio. It's super fun. Very R-rated adult humor. It's like it's very much like a stoner comedy during the holidays as well. I think that these three were just so much fun together. Plus, it really blended Jewish holidays with with Catholic and yeah. Christian Christmas holidays really well, and you know everyone you know, in their cultures colliding and, and working together and just three best buds going through growth and, and dealing with past and stuff like that. And there's some great cameos. I mean, freaking, uh, what's your name? 
Miley Cyrus is in this movie. It's Michael ridiculous. Shannon. Michael Shannon. drug dealer. <laughs> it's really funny. It's great. Um, and then Daddy's Home, which I think is honestly really funny. It is. It's like Mel Gibson and Mark, Mark Wahlberg together is ridiculous. And when, um, when Will Ferrell's dad is John Lithgow is yeah. coming down the escalator. <laughs> dad! Daddy! <laughs> and they kiss on the lips. He's like, okay, next up, we have cult comedies. So these are comedies. A couple of them are recent, but we think that even though they weren't super popular when they were released, most of them, they have become iconic for lovers of film because of their re- rewatchability. So I think the best one of the 21st century is Super Troopers. <laughs> Big box office bomb, but it, it got a lot of success on video rental market and also DVD sales. It is iconic. It's so funny. Uh, it's perfect for like teenagers, like just ra- raunchy rated R humor. About these cops who are just like all aimless boneheads. It's great. We watched this a lot when yeah, we were kids, yeah. for sure. Maybe. What, hey, what's that place you you love with all the shit on the walls? <laughs> you mean tchotchkes? <laughs> you mean shenanigans? Shenanigans? <laughs> <laughs> no more shenanigans. <laughs> Somebody says shenanigans one more time. Oh, Brian Cox is that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's Brian Cox. <laughs> um, love Super Troopers. It's great. Uh, I'm putting Game Night up on here for sure. We all know how much I love this movie. Super funny. I think it still doesn't get the appreciation that it deserves, but I think in time. People get to look back on it and realize that it was a hilarious realize, movie. James was right. James was right. You know, <laughs> Rachel McAdams showing up for like the third time on this episode. Yeah, she does great in comedy. Jason Bateman and then Jesse Plemons. This cast is so fun. It's, yeah. it's hysterical. Great concept. It's original, which I loved about it. It was, it was cool filmmaking as well. Really well. Also, that movie. guy from the new James Bond is in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, but I can't remember his name. Yeah, good time. Next up, we have Crazy Rich Asians, which was a huge success. When it came out a few years ago, uh, adapted adapt adaptation of the famous book when it, it was a bestseller, and this satisfied fans of the book and new audience members. I think it was a terrific film, super funny, has great themes and a lot of romance. I think it was a lot of fun. Also made Aquafina a household name as well. She's great in it. And then Idiocracy, which is starring Luke Wilson, which oh, yeah. is strangely reflective of society now because is it he goes in the future in this movie? he goes into the future so yeah. he, he travels into the future haven't seen it in a while and the future is just america's a, a disaster you know yeah. we have like reality show leader like a wrestler is, pre- is president, president and just everyone's like, drinking everyone's giving plants gatorade because it has what plants crave yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of surreal how how close to reality it kind of is yeah. but also in a fantastical way but yeah. it's it's very reflective on the way the society is going and yeah. it's kind of silly. it basically it, it, the, the whole premise is that in the future everyone's an idiot yeah it's it's silly yeah. how accurate it's becoming yeah. Next up, another cult classic is Wet Hot American Summer. It has the most iconic cast probably on this list. A bunch of huge actors before anybody knew their names, uh, including like Paul Rudd and, and um, Elizabeth, Banks. Elizabeth Banks. They have huge roles in this. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, It takes place at a summer camp and all the characters within that camp. It's super funny. Yeah, they're like the camp counselors. Yeah. They're just all ridiculous. It's, yeah. it's really, really funny. Next up, we have Waiting with Ryan Reynolds. He also like, you could say Van Wilder should Van be Wilder, too, yeah. Because those two movies 
were not super successful, but like word of mouth, VHS DVD rentals, and just like cult comedy, those like helped propel Ryan Reynolds into stardom. Like he, those are the movies he got. Then he got like Blade Trinity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Van Wilder and Waiting, if you ever worked in a restaurant, Waiting is a very relatable movie. And then Van Wilder is just a ridiculously raunchy college movie. Yeah, and Justin Long was in Waiting as well. Yeah, he's and, the, uh, his lead character. Was, and Dane Cook is the cook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and Van Wilder, it's with, um, what's her name from American Terror. Reed. Tara Reed, but the, Van Wilder, I think, really made him made everyone our age love Ryan Reynolds. That was the first one I think for him, Van Wilder, because he was. In, and then he has a cameo in Harold and Kumar too. Yeah. He's like a doctor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A surgeon. Yeah. So he was like he, he was like a cult comedy like icon. I feel like. Yeah, and but Van Wilder, it's it's so raunchy and crazy and silly and gross and offensive. But it's it's Ryan Reynolds showing. He basically showed what he can do. What it's he's just capable him. It's of. just yeah. Ryan Reynolds' show. Yeah, that's what it is. It's great. Then we have me, myself, and Irene, which I think is a very underrated Jim Carrey movie, uh, also starring Renee Zellweger. He's super funny. He plays a guy with split personality disorder, and it's just ridiculous. Him and going back and forth, changing identities. It's so Wait, freaking funny. Why am I peeing like I had sex all night? <laughs> <laughs> He's like using the. The frayed photo to stop it. It's like going <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> it's so freaking funny. <laughs> You're right. I think it is very underrated for Jim Carrey because he does great acting in it. Yeah, as it's, both it's, characters. It's a tough role to do. Yeah. And then we have uh, 50 First Dates with Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. Their next uh, collaboration after The Wedding Singer. Again, they bring the charm and charisma and their their chemistry. It's super fun. Very, very sweet movie. Now let's move into the final section of the episode, our honorable mentions. These are like movies that are hard to kind we of We didn't know place, what to do with them. But also yeah. some of them aren't complete comedies, but we think that they're just like still solid to always. They're high rewatch value and a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Starting with Bruce Almighty, another Jim Carrey movie. This was a great one that they tried to make a sequel to with Evan Almighty with Steve Carell. just wasn't quite as good, but the concept is great where someone gets godlike powers and just what would they do with it. Jim's awesome. And then obviously Morgan Freeman's perfect as God. Great, great movie. Next up, we have White Chicks, <laughs> where the Wayne's brothers go undercover as white girls. It's so ridiculous. So funny. Terry Crews. Yeah, Terry like, Crews. Love, 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 love. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, my God. With their their blonde wigs. And it's, it's like the kind of woman they're playing. It's so funny. Like, they're playing like... It would be like, like, like a TikTok influencer type nowadays, but like girls who were like... Like dressed like Bratz dolls is what they're dressed like. Remember Bratz dolls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Their outfits are unbelievable. I can't believe they even pulled it off. It's great. And then we have Keanu, <laughs> which <laughs> a Jordan Peele and Giga Michael K movie. And this is coming off of like this is 2016, so this is like just off Key and Peele. Yeah, yeah like just they're, finished. You're pretty it's much done first, with the show, yeah. which is one of the first best thing post yeah. best uh, sketch TV shows of all time. I think maybe, it's the maybe the best. Yeah. And Key and Peele are hilarious, and it's about their cute kitten who gets kidnapped, and it's just like the journey trying to get him back. And oh my god, it's, it's the kitten's name is Keanu. It's just so ridiculous. The marketing campaign of this was so fun. Like the kitties got like like a crazy like gang, like a gangster outfit on with chains and stuff like that. So silly, so dumb. Oh my god, <laughs> the trailer was great for that yeah, movie too. Yeah. Next up, we have Barbershop, which was an Ice Cube leading film. Very funny. Uh, the conversations are hilarious. Awesome cast. 
And uh, Ice Cube, I think he's a very good actor for rappers. And I think he's up there. Yeah, he's pretty solid. He's yeah. been in a lot of movies. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, why not? But I, mean, he's, I think he's good. Everyone's hilarious in this movie. And then we have 50-50 with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen. Now, this movie is also... It's very funny. Lots of great jokes. But it's also very dramatic. It's intense. You know, it's somebody going through cancer. But I think that the movie and the characters and the screenplay do a great job of walking that line of going back and forth and not letting the comedy outshine the the tragedy of what's happening and how hard of a situation Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is going through. But I think it's still, in, in addition to being a great movie about overcoming intense difficulties in life, super funny. Great, great, great way to sum it up. Thanks, man. Next up, we have Hot Rod. Which I actually don't agree with putting on this list, but James wanted to put it on. Got it. I think classic. that this movie is. <laughs> I think it's not funny at all. <laughs> I think that Hot Rod. I wanted to like it a lot because I love Andy Samberg and what he always did on SNL, and I like um his recent one on um, Palm Springs. But when I watched this movie, I only laughed once. It was during one moment when he's in the woods dancing. Otherwise, I was like, this movie sucks. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. For me, I just didn't find it funny. Hey, it's not for everybody. Yeah, but it, I think it's a lot of people silly like movies it. that like you got to put a on. A lot of people like it, yeah. though. And then the final movie on the entire episode is Dolomite Is My Name. It's not exactly a comedy I would say it's a little more drama, but it has a lot of funny move- moments. But I think w- I wanted to put it on the list most importantly because it's the return of Eddie Murphy, who was one of the biggest stars in the 80s and 90s, especially with comedy, action comedies, Beverly Hills and everything like that. And then he's returning to cinema because, you know, he kind of fizzled out with the Nutty Professor movies and some of those other movies. Doolittle. Do- yeah. Dr. Doolittle. And, um, those were, and those were like the late 90s, early 2000s. And then he didn't do anything for a long time. He had a, he had a couple of really bought big bombs. But then yeah. Dolomite is his name was like his return to being a comedic star, an uh, acting star. And so I'm, I'm, we're putting it on that list for sure. And it's good. It's a really good movie. And now he's he's pretty busy now. He obviously did Coming to America, and then he has a bunch of movies coming out with Amazon and Netflix, I believe. So he's going to be making a ton of stuff in the coming years. And that wraps our funniest movies of the 21st century. We really hope you enjoyed this list. This is extensive. If we missed some, let us know because this was tough to make. I mean, we put like what, like 80 movies on this? Yeah, about, like that. yeah. There's just so many to go through. I feel like we could we couldn't narrow it down to 10. We had to, yeah, it'd be we, impossible. It impossible. So we just like screw it. Let's just do a bunch. Uh, it was hard to cut. We had to make some tough calls on some movies, but I think this is like a really solid list of really some of the funniest movies this century for sure. I'm really impressed with uh, what you did in, with this list, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, oh, shucks. I got to hear your opinion about these movies. Likewise, man. That was a w- w- weird compliment <laughs> from you. <laughs> Unusual. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this one. Thanks for tuning in around the world. Be sure to check out recent episodes if you haven't. Our Jackie Chan spotlight. We did the Batman That's last a good week. One. Yeah. Tuned in. We have some more great stuff coming for you next week. Goodbye, everyone. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.